Crypto Peace Theater. I overheard them talking about this theory, and I have to tell you that I feel seen. Ooh, yes, what he said. Welcome to Director Peace Theater. This is the show where directors talk about directing stuff. And, uh, you know... Well, I don't know. Fucking hey, I'm Abe Epperson. I'm <laughs> one of the directors. Uh, who am I joined by? My Wait. co-host. What's your name? Uh, I'm Adam Ganser. I also don't know what we're doing here. Uh, we're, <laughs> neither of us yeah. know. <laughs> because it's a special episode, baby. It sure is. We have a featuring, which, you know, I like to think he directs from time to time, so he he can be on the show. You know what I mean? Sure. You know I think I, mean? it's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. So. So we have a we have a guest and uh, he brought a theory. Uh, introduce yourself, guest. I know what we're doing. It's me, Michael Swaim. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Michael Swaim. I really like his director voice. Is that how you're gonna do I most know. of this? Yeah, I'm do liking it. it. I like better, wanna please. follow. <laughs> act, <laughs> act <Yes>. considerably better now. <laughs> Huzzah! That's the way. Um, I would say that because of my theater background, I'm good at working with actors and very confident in that, but it is, uh, directing camera and directing the realities of a production is beyond me. I do tip my hat to you guys cause I find it baffling. Oh, well, uh, you- it's a, it's a comfort thing. If you'd have seen me doing my first student film, uh, you'd have said that man will never get to correct levels. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just like, woof. that's a lot of decisions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I came out of the womb ready-made. <laughs> as a director? Yeah. Or do you just mean like, as a cut. human? Because a lot of us can mm-hmm. boast that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I told the director to cut my umbilical cord. Cut this cord, please. <laughs> cut. And then, I, and then oh, immediately God. after, I, I was like, "Action!" And I did a, I did a flip. <laughs> you just had you sex a with a nurse in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I thank you very much for having me because I do think I only barely qualify as a director, uh, no, uh, certainly because no, 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 you no, no, kind no. of mean of film, and I don't do that. But I do have a theory that I've been dying to uh, expound upon. And I heard about your guys' podcast, and I thought I'd check it out. And I was doing the elliptical, and I heard it, and I was like, I'll I'll take a long shot. Keep my fingers crossed. Maybe they'll let me on. So thank you very much. Hey, we're glad to have you, man. Our pleasure. This This, is dope, dude. This is a good six less movies I had to watch. Like, like at least six less. Do you guys have... A format? <laughs> I should know this. No, we don't. Uh, what, what, happens, okay. have, what happens theory. generally is uh, that the, the person who is presenting... You just go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just uh, they give us a thesis statement. We give uh, some great. jokes. We, we hoist jokes on it, and then you take mm-hmm. off, you know? Yeah. Okay, show great. Us, show then us your bits. I will start with the thesis. Uh, and actually, could I have a preamble? Yes. Sure. Stop sure, asking sure. for caveats. Just go. My preamble is just the story that um, about three and a half years ago, uh, my girlfriend and I were on a tremendous amount of uh, LSD, and mm-hmm. we decided to go see Doctor Stranger whenever it was in theaters. It was a couple years ago at this point. And I don't know if people... So it was it was the second worst trip of my life. The worst trip of my life being when I went to Disneyland and we got Cody was there. We got caught on the it's a small world after all ride 
and staring at the fake animatronics repeatedly doomed forever to do a cycle of imitating joy made me realize my marriage was a sham. Um, that was the worst acid Ooh. trip. Ooh. And then yeah. when we got out, Cody wanted to go to Toontown, but it was closed. Yeah. So really rough for <clears throat> everyone. Um, I fucking but, love it though. Classic. Um, but my second worst trip was Jen and I went to see Doctor Strange thinking it would be cool to see. And it was indeed cool to see, but it was so blatantly to our eyes a work of white male supremacy that it made us cry in the theater and we cried all the way home and we just talked about white supremacy all night. And ever since then, I've really <laughs> wanted to break down why I think Doctor Strange is one of the most <clears throat> cynical unintentionally white supremacist works of art I've encountered in a long time. I think it's emblematic of the kind of storytelling that is not coming from a bad place. I guarantee you that's an important caveat is this is not an article calling out this guy, that guy, this guy, fuck these guys. And I would say that I think fuck a lot of people, but um, I truly think Dr. Strange is chock full of unexamined prejudices and things that, people take for granted that have just become ingrained into storytelling. And I want to talk about that because I truly believe storytelling is super important because it's the way we collectively reprogram our brains to accept a wider variety of realities or Correct. vote for what direction reality, what's normal. I don't know. I saw it on TV a thousand times. So I believe mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm. scenario could play mm -hmm. out. That wouldn't be weird to me. That's how we decide what reality is acceptable and what reality is like, that's stranger than fiction. I can't believe this is happening. I'm going to kind of shut down. Um, and sort of how we program and normalize behaviors. You guys know this. Or you wouldn't be directors. Yep. But um, I think Dr. Strange is way up there. And is that enough? Is that the thesis? Yeah. 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 I think thesis so. Thesis statement okay. stated. So I pitched it. It was the very last thing I pitched it cracked as an article. And then I quit instead. So I got severe... Uh, blue labia or what have you and just have been like honestly this is many years coming shitting on dr strange in this way excited and it, all right it, this is the moment hoist your jokes upon me should i i'm gonna you know i'm gonna pop my top off okay sure. okay adam <laughs> promised he would hoist jokes at me now is this that part Ho yeah th this is the part where the I, hoisting I, begins I, I, yeah uh thank god i have a cargo hold full of jokes to hoist on this uh <laughs> yeah and other pirate themed comments uh well what i want to know is if you guys picked up on this at all in your I casual viewing of dr strange i did not I, I just saw it as another like kind of wrote version of iron man and you know like wish fulfillment i do kind of think i know where you're going but i want to hear the facts before i espouse my opinion on if you're right i'm so, I'm sure so scared that there's this, something in this i'm so scared that this is going to be one of those times where i find out i think terrible things uh i do think it's good for us i think it's good for us uh to have those experiences uh wherever they Total. occur that's the that's the the theme of the last month, uh, I would say, for for middle-aged white guys to hear, <laughs> is like for it's old good. Bears it's, everywhere. Yeah, for all bears everywhere. It's good to to find out you think bad things and uh, apologize for them and change. So maybe I'll have that experience because that'll be nice, yeah, right? I, I, we don't know what we're walking into, and that's you know that's a part of that's that's the small beans guarantee. <laughs> <Yes>. That's right. <laughs> 
It's a totally random shot in a, some direction that we don't know what it will be. The small beans promise. Portal yeah. into right. who ready? knows what. Yeah, here we go. Ready. ready. So if I had had much, much more time or a financial incentive to do so, I could have boiled this down into a list or some kind of com- like very conducive to dissection. Honestly, I think it would make a good academic paper. But I'm just going to splay all the facts out before you because I didn't structure this verbal essay. So I think I'm going to go through semi-chronologically because that's how I wrote the notes, of course, which we don't usually do. We did it for Coen Brothers Brothers, and I think it'll work here. So you'll have to understand this is the last time I'm going to give this caveat, and if people flip out because they skipped the middle, I'll just explain online. But uh, I do think it's important that we tell stories that bring good into the world. And you can tell very disturbing stories with graphic imagery that bring good into the world. That's not what I'm talking about. You'll understand what I'm talking about, listener, as we dive deeper. But what I'm, one aspect of what I mean is I am not actually decrying as much this movie being released or the people who wrote it as much as I am fascinated by the nested levels within levels that we use fiction to uphold white supremacy and normalize it for ourselves because it is not because we wish it upon uh, our fellow humans, but because it would be very inconvenient to actually address and give up the amount of privilege you would have to in order to make it equal. Uh, And I think this movie falls right in there. And I was like, my brain was just lighting up with the same way when you'd know you had a good cracked article on your hands because you're like, there's so much here. So from that lens, I'm now just going to like rip this movie apart scene by scene uh, as if it were... I'm excited for that. Like just Nazi propaganda. All right. <laughs> Nazis. All so right, the opening scene, you, if you've seen it, I mean, this will be a refresher, but I'm not going to break down what's happening as much as attack the facts that build my thesis. So hopefully you've seen it at least once because um, this will spoil it. So you got... The very opening scene, Mads Mikkelsen, right, stealing the pages themselves that eventually allow for the time loop. Mads steals the pages and gets fought by Tilda, who, of course, this is very surface level, but uh, the Ancient One is actually... uh, you know, an Asian man. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, and they, they, they took fire for that. In the they took fire for so. whitewashing by casting Tilda Swinton. Not as much fire because ScarJo had done something similar and that was bigger at the same time. But Tilda yeah. also got some flack and I think it's notable. And again, I think the writers do this unintentionally and that's what makes it chef's kiss. Um, that Tilda literally plays a character whose major failing is that they are drawing the energy from another culture's tradition in order to extend their own life simply because not because they're evil but because they're scared of death which is the ultimate change uh which is what white people do they suck on in america this is specific to american culture i'll say for the whole my whole Mm -hmm. essay but um co-opt other cultures literally as a way to sustain your own culture but that's a tricky game to play and this is the main other part of my thesis because you have to freeze time you have to devote yourself to fighting for the status quo because change always brings revolution and always revolution always changes who's on top and who's on bottom speaking of revolutions the visual theme of the movie is circles and clocks which are a revolution and represent time the main symbol as it relates to our hero dr strange is a clock that becomes smashed as in his power comes from stopping time time, stopping Mm. history from moving forward also 
also the dimension that he's stealing from is the dark dimension. <laughs> did you catch oh, that? Man. I did, but I hadn't gotten to it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude, it's worse than that. Really let's upset just already. <laughs> His name yeah, is Stephen Strange, upset. but let's call him by his initials, the SS. Um, he will. <laughs> he will later. He, oh my God. He oh will. My God. He will later rise to the position of Sorcerer Supreme or He's SS. A Nazi doctor. Holy <laughs> shit. And his primary weapon in this film is an energy whip. By the end, he's referred to as Master, and he goes around with his whip. Oh. Um, Okay, funny. but let's this get there. Funny. Oh no, it's interesting. What do you it's mean interesting. get there? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I think the opening scene's actually deceptively really interesting because Mads and his people all use the whip, um, even though of course with magic you could make any weapon, and. Uh, <laughs> Tilda uses shields. They are e- sometimes shields or sometimes fans, battle fans. fans. Yeah. Battle fans, of course, would be another act of cultural appropriation. If they're shields, sure. um, yeah, I think yeah. she becomes a very clear example of what we would now call... Actually, Karen is a bit strong, I think, but the, <laughs> the white feminist that is more interested mm. in issues of white feminism and not as aware of intersectional issues, because later, of course, we'll see that she's providing, o- presiding over religion based in a culture that she came into, and yet she systematically mm-hmm. alienates mm-hmm. every person of culture who is mm-hmm. in the religion that we meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the twist that she is a hypocrite. The thing Mad says is true. Um, but we sort of forgive her because we get that you're scared of death. Everyone is. Uh, so, yeah. And just as racism is bad, but it's understandable. Or, like, I get neurologically where it comes from. I didn't see it as bad. that as much, but it's equally damning for your theory. I did think I th- that's somewhat of a stretch, The her part. That, yeah, it's I not agree. too much of a stretch if it's amended, because it's, like, truly what her... Her version of justification is seems to be coming from you need somewhat like once you get to the top of the like food chain and you realize what like reality is, uh, mm. you have to do demonstrative things in order to maintain power. So it is still damning. Yeah, uh, it's just it's not because she wants to live longer. I think it's that she wants the society in which she is created to persist and she needs to maintain power which is even more damning because it's like no that's not how things work you you hand it over when you're done you know like if you are wrong person for the job someone takes your job right Right. she is she is authoritarian uh that's for sure exactly so so why did remind me because i watched this about a month and a half ago uh, I should have watched it this afternoon if I'd had time, but no worries. So, so what is her actual justification in the movie for why other people are not allowed to use the dark power, but she is? No one um, knows. She doesn't really justify does. it as much as she owns it. She says, "You're yes, right. I'm doing it, it." Was she says, "I am doing that. It was wrong. It's because I'm scared to die, but I will die." Okay, you got me, and she dies. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, and then she dies, right? Yeah, okay. and she less. dies sort yeah. of knowing that Stephen will take over. You know, she, she, she kind of but she does. bequeaths him like she lasted, you should do this. Basically, she lasted you, long enough to hand the torch to another white person because yes. previous to that, there were no white right, people to hand no the torch to. It's particularly <laughs> that is particularly egregious. 
Yeah, even yeah. even if we weren't putting a reading onto this, like that right. would be egregious yes. within the context of the narrative as told. Oh, well, uh, the there's one thread, uh, so I guess I'll get to that. That I do think is the most egregious within the narrative as told, uh, which is essentially that there's this incredible pattern of the bagger Vance or the magic person of color, right. who he he every time shits upon. And if you think about it in realistic terms, for no reason, they then immediately give him the kingdom. Like, he shits on people, and they in turn give him everything. And right. it's hard to justify unless you are thinking through the lens of, well, he deserves all these things because he's special. So basically, he is a famous surgeon. Uh, we start with him really just owning uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, a classic funk song, of course, brought to us by black people. But, you know, he's made it his own. <laughs> and, of course, also that song, by the way, it should, be, should have been for Fantastic Four. Earth, the Thing, Wind, Invisible Woman, uh, Fire. That's... I mean, that's not a stretch. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so his first case is to save a dead patient uh, and he essentially uses as his primary weapon <laughs> classic toxic masculinity. Like he basically beta cucks <laughs> the other surgeon who represents just like a guy. And he uh, mansplains to him and cockbox him by saying, Dr. West, cover your watch. So Western culture, stop time. Right. Um, all right, continuing on. This starts a pattern where, oh, I'm sorry, I missed a big thing. He gets in a car accident, right? Right. He gets in a car accident because he's trying to be James Bond and Dr. House combined or whatever in his little mm. Porsche fantasy. And he flips it and he wakes up and his hands, the symbol of control, have been broken, right? His control is threatened. Mm. And the first thing he does is tell his black physical therapist that he's wrong and he's an idiot. The black <laughs> physical therapist then tells him where he can find someone who can magically cure his paralysis. He then goes to that guy who turns out to be Latino. The Latino guy tells him how he can cure his paralysis. He says, you're an idiot. That's bullshit. And he says, well, here's the address <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Dr. Right. Strange then goes to that place. The lady who runs it, First of all, he mistakes the male for the person who runs it because he assumes yeah. the man must yeah. run it. They do a little bit about that sexist, actually, I run it. I'm the ancient one, blah, blah, blah. He says, uh, this religion's stupid. I'm king shit. She touches him in the brain and shows him everything the universe has to offer. Right. He says, please teach me. She says, no. Later, she says, okay, you can lead the religion. And I mean like 80 hours later. This is like right. in the time of the movie. Yeah. So, and it's just, oh, and then the other big one I love, the most crystallized to me is when he meets Wong, he makes a couple Iron Man-esque jokes like, hey, books are stupid. Adele. This religion is stupid, right? <laughs> yeah. This is all pretty dumb. And he goes, uh, you in literally the line is, you insult me. Those are the pri uh sorry, you insult me. Come with me. Cut to him in the special VIP room of the library while Wong mm. says, No one's ever allowed in here except mm. when I decide they're special. And it's like all you know about him is he came in and said, This is all pretty dumb. Then he goes immediately, as if mystically, the same way the cape would choose him later, he goes for the book that Mads Mikkelsen stole and turns exactly to the page that Mads Mikkelsen stole. And he says, what's this? And Wong says, well, Mads Mikkelsen was drawn to it because he's so evil. 
He's drawn to it. He just did the exact sequence of magical things that the evil guy did that is the reason we're assuming he's evil. <laughs> That's true. It's insane. And the only reason he's more evil is because he agreed with like an evil time demon. Mm-hmm. Now, what the time demon, of course, represents is uh, that our universe will enter a new form. It's not that everyone will die. It's that our universe will be totally transmogrified into something completely different. It's interesting in this film that that's what the stakes are. It is not the destruction of the universe like in Endgame, but rather that the universe would become so weird that you would be scared of it. That is what white America fears. That is not the normal stakes of a movie. That is a unique twist, unique to Doctor Strange, that I think helps my thesis. <laughs> that's, I think that's arguable, that last bit. Then let's argue it, baby. Well, it, it's just that it's how it's presenting it as a literal truth versus a symbolic truth. I think you're correct with the symbolic truth, but the literal truth is that Dormammu is lying. He's lying to ever, his zealots by saying, like, no, baby, I'm going to, like, it's all going to be sweet, What shows baby? us that it will be bad? Do we ever know definitively that joining Dormammu is bad? Uh, yeah. Because of the ending to, to Mads Mikkelsen's character, right? Isn't that indicative of how That's it was going to be bad? That's upon, actually, by Doctor Strange. But, exactly. Um, That's what I was going to say. But uh, I, I, from what I understand... He he is known as a world eater. He eats worlds. Okay. Yeah, if other universes are telling us, no, 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 he's bad news, then I believe it in the universe of the movie. I think that's what we're supposed to believe. It's true that we don't interact with those worlds, but I don't understand how we could since they're dead. Sure. Um, but it's like a well-known thing in the spiritual realms, written about in books, um, you know, that kind of thing. But doesn't change the fact that what you're saying is that like he's basically prioritizing because he knows this world, he's prioritizing this world over the concept of another. That is a symbolic truth. Right. And, is there, yeah, go ahead. Does it, does it totally undermine your theory that uh, in the dark dimension, time also doesn't exist? Because that's, um, that's part of Potentially, and I'll admit that we're off book here. The Dormammu detail is not in my notes i thought i could slip one past you guys on no, the fly okay. and i uh, think it might have been a stretch this theory is fucking nuts to, yeah. it's so good, yeah. to okay, me good that i'm like yeah that's fine like give it a pass let's just line up all of the things yeah. that look alike it's, at this point also it's fun. we we don't do like hey this is the only take in this show yeah, like Abe, exactly. Abe came so, in the first episode with like, here's a correlation with color, and not everything fits it. Mm-hmm, so right. you're in good company here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're you're with genius. I mean, I haven't heard the show, so but I believe you. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. the genius couch yeah, exactly. we've sat in it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then of course the one that actually was picked up by sites like Cracked and Buzzfeed and Gawker and Collider uh, is people talking about how weird it is that Chuatel Geofor is Mordo, right. who in the comics is like the arch nemesis, one of the arch nemeses of Doctor Strange and is a dangerous maniac. And in this, he Mm -hmm. plays a devout follower of the way who, after Doctor Strange takes it over over the whole religion in several hours, like days and says, no, we're doing this now. He says, I will follow this path no more. Now the ancient one says, uh, he is, 
his youth makes him brash and like strong-headed, which I would argue is essentially saying that the black dude is like, he's an angry black yeah. man. Don't worry sure. about him. And she later says as a quote, uh, sorry, where is it? I scrolled too far. Um, yeah, I taught Mordo to defeat his demons and live within the natural law. Apparently the natural law being that she is the head of the thing and he's too hot headed to make decisions, right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, discounting mm -hmm. his opinion. But a lot of people talked about that, especially now with the shakeup in, um, multiverse of madness. I don't think that they're going to do what they were going to do, which is have him become the main villain in the second one. I think they're actually taking right. it in a different direction because they're clearly there was signaling that he'll, he'll be back. So, yeah, but that's, you know, things change in Marvel all the time. Yeah. So the other, uh, main thing that I think is hard to explain, which is appropriate because this is a movie about nested loops and trippiness. And my thesis is about the nesting of, the writer's brains within the reality of the character they're writing about. But mm -hmm. I feel that the primary arc of this movie is broken and it's broken in such a way that it forms a spiral. And what I mean by that is, uh, Dr. Strange has several key lines in the act one, which are, uh, his, partner says you think everything's about you and that's obviously if you know anything about like writing basic marvel movies that's what he's supposed to learn by the end that everything is not about him right that's his lesson uh that's a starting point and similarly i mean if you're doing screenwriting for a four quadrant audience you usually hit the point home a few times so in act one he also says uh, she said, this isn't about your hands. And he goes, how is it not about my hands? Uh, I have to fix my hands, not fighting some mystical war. So it's, uh, it's about control, but it's about him learning humility. However, the form of his learning humi humility turns out to be that he becomes the unquestioned Messiah of a whole religion who like Jesus Christ experienced infinite suffering by dying over and over a million right. times for our sins with the knowledge that he couldn't be saved and no one would ever know. And it was a pure sacrifice, but it's not because he lives to come back to a world that he's king shit in that he owns and he can brag about what he did. And everyone knows it's like, if, and yet you have your cake what he's, and eat it too. What he's bragging is about, what it is, what he's bragging about is, is that he's the type of guy who would never do that. He's the type of guy who would sacrifice himself for everyone right. and never breathe a word about it. But how do you know that? Because he just because you're experiencing a movie about how he's such a great guy that he's the type of guy who would sacrifice himself infinitely and never reveal anything about it. And the movie ends with him standing in a panopticon, staring out at the city with, while his hands, which are healed, so he has full control again, fondle his broken watch because he has stopped the forward march of history because his hands do Dude. shake. His hands do shake. But he but he has magic. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. need hands yeah. anymore. He has a deeper form of control, which is the intangible systems that sustain the mm -hmm. entire world. Mm -hmm. So magic, mm -hmm. unlike his hands, which used to have to react to the real world, he now literally is the king of the system that sustains the world. There are three areas on Earth that are considered like these three magical shields, and the entire basis for why his belief set deserves quote unquote to dominate is because yeah but we're protecting you 
we are the shields. We are literally, right. we're the white knights. So you have to let us have this system. The system is invisible. The system might oppress you. It might disenfranchise mm. Juatel Geofor. It might insult and disrespect Wong. But trust but us, it's, a it's protecting you from people yeah. like Mads, who incidentally, I'm exactly like. <laughs> right. And it's all yep. a loop. Right. And it's I even a further saying. loop to me because the writers writing this are part of white American supremacy, which is doing this. And our tool for perpetuating this is movies like this. Mm. And there we, and mm. voila. So I, other than that, I have like details on details, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the shape of the thesis. And as you can imagine, when I, that occurred to me on acid, when he goes endlessly looped time and I'm like, he's Jesus, but if Jesus took credit for it, but if he, if the story was about how he didn't take credit for it, we, Jen and I like fell to our knees in the street and we're like, this is the trippiest. It's a spiral. White supremacy is a spiral. (laughs) People are like, this is an Arby's, sir. (laughs) Yeah, it's a spiral. uh, Because it's all going, it's it's over the gravity of its own ego and destruction. And he certainly doesn't learn that things don't revolve around him. He finds out that he's Harry Potter superhero, man. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's a huge problem. He can't learn humility with yeah. the way that the movie's structured. That's most superhero movies. But uh, that's also American exceptionalism. We deserve to yeah, be a exactly. hero, but we can't fully explain why. But trust us, we got this. And we deserve we got, the, the privileges that we have. There's real bad guys out there. There's worse we're white the guys. guys. You got to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, it's compelling when you just need to kill bad guys, but it's also, you know, like, well, once that's done, I guess, like, don't, don't expect that you're going to not, you, you're still in on the ringer for things you did, right. you know, uh, and I think that that cis, what opens it up for me is that you bring up that it's a cis invisible system. Um, an invisible system of like uh, kind of like a nepotism or like a nodding in or a club. It's very Um, cult-like if the cult was right, if everything the cult said was true. And imagine if in Scientology you were a person of color who served the thing your whole life and then uh, what's-his-name, dead Scientology guy, Hubbard, uh, handed it over to Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise had just joined Scientology that week, you would be like, I think race is a factor. Yeah, yeah. You And yeah, you'd be right. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty stunning because he's also like, I think this is like a subtle but very strong argument. He's a real asshole. Like Doctor oh, Strange yeah. is a real asshole, like one of the he least sides... likable protagonists ever in a movie. He sides with the female doctor in the beginning in order to humiliate the male doctor. And then when the female doctor tries to join in the surgery that he just supported her on, he shuts her down and mansplains what's going to happen. Then afterwards, he takes credit for a procedure that they co-invented. It's like, really uh, specific. Uh, like it's it, that's the scenes where I wonder. Actually, it makes sense. I wonder where they are being intentional, and they probably are because in their minds, 
this these are the scenes where he's still not humble but my point is they forgot to put in the scenes where he becomes humble that doesn't happen (laughs) like it's not like (laughs) it's not like he it's not like he has to abdicate the power that he gets see because that's like the trick if you want to make a person humble they hang up their cape right like there's a moment where they could be a hero or they hang up their cape in a sort of act of humility that's what mm. should happen because that's the ultimate act of humility i'm going to set aside the superpowers and be a person no, his signs are the cape and the signet of the exactly. king like that's royalty yes. symbols yeah. so like how so like congratulations <laughs> yeah. on your on your suicide loop uh like that doesn't make him humble uh right at all he knew he would win. He knew what the end would be. Jesus, Even if he didn't. I think it's the, this is actually what I love about the Christ story, is the key point is his moment of doubt on the cross. If he didn't have a moment of doubt, he wouldn't have been suffering the, the pain of dying for our sins because he wouldn't have been like a human. That's the crux of the narrative to me. And Dr. Strange doesn't go through that, really. And yet, yeah, doesn't, he, he walks yeah. around with shaking, broken hands feigning weakness while he secretly runs the system that runs the world. And I think that that is white America in some regards. Yeah. And the fact no, that that's... you can so easily draw the parallels is very disturbing. Is that's <laughs> disturbing. disturbing. <laughs> it's like, like whoa. Of, every, of everything about your theory, how I immediately got there in like 10 seconds of you just <laughs> announcing what the movie was. And that is, that is the power of normalization because like, <clears throat> A lot of what you're saying, like, we're definitely reading into it, you know? Like, the movie takes for granted the fact that he is the best. He's good. He's the best surgeon. And it takes for granted, I'm ignoring... And movies do this all the time. Sorry. They do it all the time because we have to believe that our person that we're following is really great. You know, like, they're just... I saw it uh, recently. I just watched uh, uh, Marshall. Uh, have mm. you seen Marshall? Mm-mm. It's actually not that bad. Uh, I, I thought it was another like Oscar grab. It's actually a solid film. Uh, and we're just supposed to believe that our protagonist is way better. Cause he like comes in and he's just yelling at Josh Gad, like you're bullshit. I am, I am the best lawyer. <laughs> now that's actually an autobiographical thing. So it makes a lot more sense, but like almost any time that we have, a protagonist that walks in and is like, and this is all superhero movies as well. Like the, you just have to take that for granted. If you don't take it for granted though, it reveals a lot more like a damaging system that is normalized. And that's, I think that's the crux and the key to your theory is that ask that question of all movies like well what if he wasn't though <laughs> you know like what if what if this person wasn't what if the i didn't give him the benefit boy? of the doubt <laughs> yeah if he wasn't the best surgeon boy then maybe because it can be explained away by people who uh disagree with let's say this theory They'd say he by gets saying results. like well the reason that he's like rachel mcadams is like it's a co-project but he takes credit is because i mean He's the best surgeon, though, right? So he probably deserves the designed credit or whatever. More. Yeah, right. Well, it's like, well, that you're just ushering that in. You're just allowing that to go just by the assumption that he's the best. Yeah. What does that reveal about us? So 
yeah, it's very revealing. It is uh, very revealing. See, it, now I'm trying to think like a director, right? Because like that's part of. I was gonna say this also is a weird fit, which is why I extra appreciate you guys letting me stink up the joint. Because I would argue this is more of like a writer piece theater than a director piece. Your theses actually involve the directing. This is purely structural content Not exactly. problems. Not exactly. No? Not exactly. No, no. So we got some episodes coming uh, up. There's that, and also, so here's the argument, though. Uh, and I think like the part where the directing has to connect to it and it definitely does is we're we've all made things right we've all directed things and we've tried to cultivate a set of colleagues who if a thing like that happened they would tell you before you released it right like you, oh if like, they saw that in your work well it, I mean yeah even or if they now, joined a magic powerful team that well, the, again, so <laughs> Marvel movies aren't done in a vacuum. They're not some auteur oh, right. goes with I a see. script. They work with a team, right? Mm-hmm. And like where every facet of it is molded over. Now, of course, those kinds of things happen. Like I can think of a couple of things that happened at Cracked where there was like some real accidental bad implications. I can remember a couple of times. But like they were immediately acknowledged and apologized for and they slipped past people. That's not what this is. This is a thoughtless inclusion of a narrative. Like, and I say that because I don't think that they're like trying to say it, as you said, Exa- right? That's what I mean. It, that, but, it's a narrative that's totally acceptable because it's a narrative that's been normalized for so long. But, it, and, but it's so easy yeah. to... these. It's not that hard to do a read where you think about these issues. It, it's By the way, it's like your fundamental responsibility when you're making a movie is to like, hey, let's read this and make sure there's nothing about it that, that out of necessity communicates a message we don't want, right? And that, that's part of what it means to have a diverse group of collaborators and allies as a, as a creator, is like, I would hope that if somebody sent the Doctor Strange script to me, uh, that, or like they sent me their casting choices and I looked at it, I'd be like, hmm, that's a lot of white people in the positions of power here, right? I would have hoped if nothing mm-hmm. else, and I think I would have, I would have had the note, he doesn't learn to be humble by the end, though. Yes. This doesn't Huge fulfill problem. the screenplay promise. Yeah. <laughs> Huge problem. I also think that because they've cast Benedict Cumberbatch in particular, it really reinforces that aspect because Benedict Cumberbatch is a little bit of an arrogant prick as a type. I don't mean as a human he's being, a as type. a type. Right. I have no idea as a human being, but yes, of course, he's Arch, he's Sherlock, he looks like a bird, like he right. looks down on you. <laughs> Yeah, he always looks like he, he looks is better like than you. Bird. That's his thing. You know thing. how birds all think they're fucking better than us? They fucking sure do. Lotting it over us <laughs> yeah. in the sky yeah. with their wings. That's why they shit on us. They literally shit yep. on us. They literally <laughs> shit on us. Targets. I'm putting you on notice, birds. Yeah. <laughs> targets with hair. Fools. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's that's right. That's right. That's his type. Yeah, his yeah. Yes. And, and like, don't think that people in Hollywood don't know that. They do know that for sure, right? Come on. Oh, he's yeah, getting the same s- parts. We saw in the Sony leak the emails about Denzel not being able to travel. It's ridiculous. Like that's so that's right. what I'm talking about is and that's why I think Doctor Strange is the perfect one for dealing with this is because it is not a piece of hate art, but it is about a magician. It's insidious and it's about a magician. And I would say that's very important because 
Uh, I'm a big believer when I talk about narrative programming our behavior and it's how we domesticate ourselves. I believe that in a literal sense. Like I, there's a lot of studies to back this up I won't go into. But the idea that language is intrinsic to consciousness. Uh, you know, for example, like the person who raised his daughter without the word blue and she didn't have the ability to see blue as a result. Um it's arguable whether you're like, well, she saw blue, but she called it gray mistakenly, or is she really perceiving something different? But the point is, words and consciousness are very linked. Our ability to speak and think in words is one of the reasons we have the level of consciousness we have. And I do think we are undergoing a process of domesticating ourselves, and we're now self-aware enough that we program our own future behavior and stories are what we do to do that. It's just a self-domestication tool or a self-push what any what push whatever message you want tool essentially. And that tradition goes back to all kinds of pantheons, uh, including like from high and low, from literal gods pantheons to uh, wrestling pantheons to obviously comics heroes. And all of these things are archetypal. And the reason pantheons become a thing in part, I think, is because the archetypes that make them up are mm -hmm. boiled down mm -hmm. to such a simple, powerful singular singularity that it hits so many people that you're like, yes, that the king, the God of the sea. Of course, there's one of those. Everyone knows the sea. It's big around yeah. here. Um, and I feel the like speciousness of uh, archetypes. Yeah, and I feel like, like superheroes, they feel true, therefore are true. Especially the Avengers and the more successful ones are successful partly because they embody really relatable archetypes. Like Captain America is the soldier and the patriot, right? And uh, mm -hmm. Black Widow's the spy, or you know, there are there's these story archetypes, and I just mm -hmm. think it is so perfectly fitting that the movie that is that I'm lambasting for being subtly white supremacist is the magician. Cause that's <laughs> one that's could call what it fucking a is, great man. wizard. White supremacy wiz is the grand <laughs> wizard, dude. <laughs> the grand wizard. There you are You're a wizard, Benny. You're a wizard. Because this persistent problem we're having with a culture of inherent racism that's not really questioned that's not the Captain America shit. The Captain America shit mm. is the Nazis who go out on the street wearing the swastikas. And we mostly mm. are at a point where we punch them in the head. Great. Um, Great. But we still need to deal with the wizards of the world. And by that, I mean the very undefinable, but they're there. And actually, you can define them. They're just more mm. ephemeral racist systems and underlying things that just take a penny here, take a penny there, disenfranchise voters here and there mm. and lead to, we cannot get yes. out of this cycle. All right. Yes. So before I run out of time, I then, if I may, can I transition a bit? Uh, yeah. Okay. You're yeah, halfway yeah, yeah. there. Oh, okay. So last note that's purely on Dr. Strange before I do that. His other weapon is the sling ring. This is nothing. No, this is nothing. But the sling ring clearly looks like a brass knuckle. Brass knuckles originated, they were invented for the Roman Colosseum. They were called the Kestis. And of course, Rome is famous as the most, as the godfather of like the imperialist empire. And mm -hmm. the, the insidious aspect of white supremacy that I think is modeled by the way the dark dimension works is that you is that he's entering a culture that is not his own reaping all the benefits facing none of the consequences then at the end telling himself that was good it was good that i did that i saved them all 
Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, which Rome, which is kind of Rome's deal. So just we'll make you safe. More give us all your money. Romans symbology. Yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's all. That's all. Anyway, that's a good. But I note. wanted to bring up because uh, the very next time I did acid was my birthday this weekend, Ooh. and <laughs> that time Jennifer and I watched at home, of course, uh, into the Spider Verse, which. I had been meaning to watch on acid ever since I saw it because Mm -hmm. I think it had what I thought Dr. Strange would have. And Dr. Strange only actually had like 10 minutes of that. But Into the Spider-Verse is like wall-to-wall, trippy, beautiful shit. Well, I just highly recommend Mm -hmm. it for an acid trip under safe conditions. But that said, I also found myself having a similar experience as I had with Dr. Strange, but in the opposite direction. And I have a lot to say about it but I only want to really bring to the fore one thing because it pairs so well because it's another spiral. Uh, and I love it. So I love spider verse so much for this. And I just hope that we see more storytelling, uh, in this vein. And I think we are, but basically, and Adam, I know you haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, but there's only one aspect I'm going to talk about. And I think the people listening will need a refresher on it too. But if you'll recall, or if you haven't seen it, a repeated the structure of the film is basically built around repeatedly having various spider-man and women say and people and pigs say um, yeah. <laughs> and nick cages who i don't count as any of those things um <laughs> right. say listen here's the deal let's say go through it one more time you know me i'm gwen stacy i got bitten by a radioactive spider this happened my uncle died i became spider woman right, right? 50 minutes later in the movie You'll meet another Spider-Man. It'll be Chris Pine, Spider-Man, yeah. and he'll go, listen, this is what happened to me. And they give the origin story, and their comic cover flops down in a shot. And right, the pile builds. Over the movie, we flop all the comic mm-hmm. covers down, and it becomes a recurring joke where they go faster and faster, and Spider-Hams is really dumb because that's the bit, right? Right. Now, incredible setup and payoff to me, really laudable filmmaking, the emotional one of the main emotional climaxes of the film structurally speaking is that there's a point where miles morales finally becomes spider-man accepts the mantle and we feel that he is spider-man and in that Mm -hmm. moment they silently just show his comic cover dropping on the table and it gives me chills and I wanted to understand why that point, that moment was so impactful to me. And I think I have a theory, which is that where Dr. Strange uses its uh, multiverse theorem to create the idea that there's infinite threats and infinite others. And that justifies us controlling our own space. Um, Spider-Verse literally models what it is to have empathy for another living creature structurally. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind Mm -hmm. of story structurally. And it's also interesting to note that that structure, if you graphed it, would be a spider web, which is so beautiful to me as icing on the cake. But what I mean essentially is what they've done is take people's whole life stories and boil them down to boilerplate. We don't have time. You're focused on Miles. 
with Miles, we spend time, we unpack his life, we live with him, we learn details, right? Because he's the protagonist, and that's what your life is like. You live in every moment, and you experience everything. So we got to spend a lot of time with Miles. His life story is the one that we're identifying with as our own for this period. The other people, sorry, there's not enough time in the movie. What's your life about? Got it, moving on. The second Miles's comic hits, you realize this entire movie has been his origin story, which retroactively means, transitively, that every story you just witnessed bundled up could have been unpacked into a full movie, and you immediately intuit a full Spider-Verse, by which I mean you immediately do the act of realizing that no matter how truncated it is from your perspective, Every single living creature has a full life story. And wow, that yeah. is the opposite yep. of solipsism. And it is the only thing that drives <clears throat> yep. empathy. And I love that mm-hmm. in the moment this happens in the movie, it immediately cuts to a joke shot that's 2001 with all the lights going by. But all he's mm-hmm. seeing are webs, which basically is just... It's all full of webs. What yeah. does a web represent? Nothing but interconnectedness. As we've said, like glass yep, yep. is <laughs> see-through and breakable. Webs, so, all it has yeah. is interconnection. That's what a web Wow. (laughs) Wow. It's so like, so I'm calling this theory, like the, like the difference, the difference between like competing singularities. They both positive multiverse and one's about empathy and one's about be scared of the outside. Yeah. And when you think of like, so when you say spiral, it makes me think of like, uh, a that short film that we made (laughs) about spirals, you know, but it's like, it's how it, uh, the like when you think of like a black hole, right? Mm-hmm. And the accretion disk, you can think a lot about. Th- there's many things to think about with black holes, but one thing about them is the gravity. Uh, that's the basic thing. Mm-hmm. Is like how much the gravity pulls it's you like in. The main with thing. Doctor Strange, <laughs> the gravity is tyrannical. It is demanding that you toe the line. It's demanding that you listen to this one voice. In Spider-Verse, the plurality and multitude of voices become one voice, and that magnitude becomes the gravity. Yep, and the, when and you know it's intentional because their moral line and the, their resonant line in their film is Miles Morales mm-hmm. saying, "But it doesn't matter. Anyone could wear the mask. You could wear." Yeah, it's making exactly. me choke you can up wear, right now. Uh, yeah, you it's could great. wear the mask, it's, and I choke up not because of that one movie, but because as someone who believes that storytelling actually influences human behavior, it's beautiful it's to me that a, a valuable team put together message. such a valuable brainwashing tool yeah it's good brainwashing yeah Yeah. it's it's yeah it's not only good brainwashing but like it's it's because the it's because the idea behind the thought is so pure yeah and so correct that that's why the like if you brainwashing that makes me think of like authoritative you know like you just do this in cheek but i think but yeah yeah in the sense that well, this is a whole nother conversation. I'm like, isn't any substance that gets into your body a drug or on the spectrum of, and isn't any thought brainwashing? I don't know. That's a different yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. I just mean it's, things it's are a, on a spectrum, yeah. not a clear delineation. Sure, yeah, yeah. sure. That, that is a valuable assessment. Uh, yeah, the that is the Spider-Man nod and the interconnectivity of the characters as being the strength of the like 
the force that is fighting evil as opposed to the let's just agree that there's someone who's best suited to fight them and throw them and give them complete power is two different methodologies of leadership and it's two different ways of seeing the world. Yeah. Um, and I and love that one is value more valuable than the other. So <laughs> I agree there. Uh, I love that. Love is a strong word, but I think it's interesting that the next Dr. Strange is called multiverse of madness, which is, I could be wrong, but I have to imagine means they are somewhat capitalizing intentionally or unintentionally on how good Spider-Verse was or how well it did or the idea of, oh, the multiverse, it's time for that. And that's just so funny because that's what Doctor Strange would do under the aegis of my theory, right? Some uh, the, right. the mixed, Co-op. The mixed yeah. kid has a cool narrative. Oh, we can steal that. We can absorb that and build it into our app. We don't, but yeah. it isn't we'll our, do our mainstream, though. Yeah. I mean, we got Benedict Cumberbatch for this. And I'm gonna call it now. I assume in the uh, uh, Doctor Strange sequel, the message is gonna be that yes, there's a lot of dimensions, but ours is the right good one. Like I bet that mm-hmm. will be the underlying structure, and I'm just calling that now. <laughs> somehow the other dimensions will be a threat. Are bad. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in Spider Verse, the Therefore, other dimensions are just other dimensions they? with other stuff happening in them. It's like we all agree to, you know, like that. Yeah. yeah, you came from that dimension. Cool. You know, like uh, it is true that in Into the Spider-Verse, there is a little bit of everything in its right place. Well, you they, know, there's an unknown the force that makes it that you have to be in your lane or your body disintegrates. And there's no the gods right, of the exactly. story just there's, made it that way. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, in the same way that a lot of the stuff, the gods of yeah. the writers made it that way uh, in both I like both their use of the features, Goober, but... But uh, Adam, I really, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a great movie, so I don't want to spoil too much even for Adam. I think he should watch it's, it. It's Sounds the good. best super, it's the best superhero movie it's you It's the best watch. superhero movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's one um, of the greatest feats of sheer animation. It's yeah, some, of the, like animation some of the sequences all, you can't... It's hard to wrap your head around how much work must have gone into animating some of the sequences. <laughs> and just like really uh, intelligent ways of like saying like, how do you do an animation sequence? We're going to completely like, l- like throw it on its head and you're going to think for half of it that it's upside down is not upside down. And then we're going to show the reveal and then you realize that you, you've been watching it in water Truly or stuff something that like that. Even like, with today's modern capabilities you couldn't or wouldn't do in live action and i love when Mm. mediums are able to do that yeah okay so i'll just i'll end on uh something i'm sure is not intentional because stan lee created him or stan lee and steve ditko i think but doctor Mm -hmm. which is a sign of authority and strange which is slang for female genitalia so authority over women is literally (laughs) his name (laughs) jeez (laughs) I don't think that. What archaic? What I, I, I know mean, that's my that's weakest hilarious. one. That's I know fucking that's hilarious. My one. <laughs> but like, that's who's using strange. the word "strange" to we mean that these days? Strange. <laughs> what are we in fucking? Deadwood? You don't think you don't think <laughs> you Steve Ditko and Stan Lee went trolling for strange? <laughs> I, well, I definitely think that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sure, create sure, Doctor Doom. Love, how about a little strange? <laughs> Is he, he is British? Now. He is now. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he is I'm Stan now. fucking Lee. 
I'm Stanley, <laughs> eh? I'm a terrible... I can't do British accents. Really? Why do I even try? Uh, that... That's yeah, the okay. theory. That's all I got. I blasted I love, through it. <laughs> I love this Doctor Strange theory so much. And it does, like you said, make me enjoy Into the Spider-Verse a lot more. And it's weird that they're both it's, Marvel. I wasn't even going to bring Spider-Verse into but it, that, but they're both Marvel, so I thought it was fair. I mean, that speaks to the... Uh, I mean... Let's get real. Uh, the conglomeration of like a corporate, oh, the corporate takeover. The tent of ideology. is so big it can hold um, many differing viewpoints, and the tent just wants money to come yeah. in. That's all the tent wants. And that's why, <laughs> that's why, that's why they're like snakes. Yeah. That's why they're like snakes because they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we got white supremacy over here, and it's like fuck you guys for that. What are you talking about? We got all. Oh, you, you know, you can cultural give us relevance money. You can give us too. money too. We sell cultural relevance yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, it's just the, it, leave it to Marvel to be like, black lives matter, but also all lives mm-hmm. matter. You know, it's like that. Of course, of course, because they're fucking Disney. Any, and I, uh, as again, I don't even think that's that at that level, that is not an intentional malicious intent on Disney's part. It's such a large corporation. That's what happens. It, it encompasses some that, of everything. Yeah. It's just a cross section of humanity, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's um, you know, it's it's it seems to be how our world is working, which is well, yeah, we're a shame. consolidating. Um, <laughs> it's a goddamn shame. It, it's still uh, it's, that movies like Into the Spider Verse aren't like big movies, and Doctor Strange is, despite the thought and quality that Spider-verse went into made a ton the of respective money, films, but not as much as Doctor Strange. Yes. <laughs> no, not, not as nearly much. as much. Yeah. Not nearly as much. It's still, it still yeah, is avoidable. Like that's, I, you can't stress that. That's to me like the thing that makes it important to think about as like f- filmmakers, right? Is like this yes. is an avoidable mistake. It's not it, it, like it's not like oh, if you had to write this or make this movie, uh, hope you don't spit out your racism. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's not right. like I'm not gonna pre- I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I don't have uh, accidental subconscious views. Yep. that are bad. I have them. Of I know. Course. I know. I do. Right. Or experiences that are like ooh, you know, like they're troubling. The hope is again. I, I can't say this enough. No filmmaker, not a single filmmaker, especially not one in Marvel is working in isolation. So like this happened in part because they didn't look for these problems. Like nobody did a read mm-hmm. and was like, Hey man, you know, like let's look at all the headshots or whatever it is, or let's look at the cast. Is this going to send mm-hmm. a weird message? Because the instant you said the thesis, it wasn't like Abe and I were like stroking our beards, wondering, is this going to hang together? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it was like, Oh no. You know what I mean? And so it's like, um, and I say that I, I'm not trying to get, this is not a high and mighty thing. I don't blame the filmmakers for having latent mistaken ideas. I blame the infrastructure in this case for not working to fix it. Yeah, it's you know lazy. What I mean? yeah. It's lazy. We're right. I mean like should you know, be better to, than this at this point. <laughs> to, to pull the veil back a little bit, we talked a lot at Cracked after like at a certain point in time we became aware of the fact that it was like, you know what, we need to do we need to make actual changes and decisions to make sure that we are not just hiring white people. Like we had to make decisions. And we tracked, and like, I remember tracking in one of the series and admitting to myself that like, yes, when I edit, I cut to the men more than the women. And like, 
using a stopwatch to make sure I stop doing that. You got to do stuff. <laughs> right. Well, That's and like all. it's it started It's okay it to be wrong, with, but you got to do yeah. something about it when you get called out. It and it started with some painful realizations and a couple mm-hmm. of mistakes. Yes, of and course. It had it had a few along the way too. Uh like God, there's stories I wish I could tell. I don't they're not they're not worth telling right now. Uh, no, but yeah, it, it stings to have a coworker be like, "I think you're a little bit sexist," but it's good that they told you that. <laughs> you have to know yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like, yeah, you have you to get over like, it. And, you, and it won't happen again That's in the future. That's how you check yourself. If you and it's, heed yeah. the warning, yeah. It's so easy. Self-policing doesn't work. It's know? so easy to have the conversation in a way that isn't like, uh, all right, sit down, and uh, now I'm going to shame the fuck out of you for this. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to be like, listen, I'm just concerned it's going to communicate this. And it's so easy to look at the work as objective from you and be like, it will communicate that. Oh, no, I better fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you feel bad because you put it out in the world. But also, look, you know, uh, if we all had the power to control every single thing our minds thought and created as we were channeling our words, like, we'd be making different things than this. Right. You know, like, that's a fact. That's just a fact, you know? Uh so what's missing here is the appetite for clarity and for uh, avoiding these yeah. kind of mistakes and the, uh, the self-awareness on the part of the people who are centrally responsible for this film of like, hey, am I saying something I shouldn't say? Uh, and the prioritization, the, the fact that it's I, not important enough. I think enough. it's that they think, well, it's just a fun romp. We don't need to care what we say because it's not saying anything. But what they don't realize is you can't not say anything. It's impossible. So right. we, by abdicating the control of the clarity of your message, you're just spinning the dial or letting your subconscious dictate the message because and, you and, are and, not doing due diligence of, uh, look, I know it's just a silly movie about a wizard, but what are wizards symbolic of, and what is this saying about that theme? Let's do our due diligence mm-hmm. here. That's all. Children's and, movies and, do it. Mm-hmm. Pixar, Pixar stood out from the pack by simply treating kids as smart enough to care about payoff and have the payoff matter and relate to the structure and shit. That's all they did. They were like not and, lazy about yeah. making children's films. <laughs> And if I can like, so this is just my opinion. It's not the, it's not the stated position of small beans or whatever, but like, uh, to me, there are like, some of the things you said are things that your brain connected to because of your exceptional ability to make pattern recognition and like word connections. Like Mm -hmm. you have an exceptional ability to do that. So like the fact that SS is his name and stuff, you know, whatever, I don't care about that. Right. It's more of a casting, but the casting of Tilda Swinton, the fact that every person of color in the movie gets marginalized, the fact that a white guy takes Mm -hmm. over religion that's clearly meant to, meant to culturally appropriate uh, several other religions that are not, but several, it's an amalgam. Yeah. That are not primarily, uh, from the Western tradition, which means they're usually, they're not associated with white people suggests like they didn't think about that because that's obvious stuff. Yeah. Like those are obvious Mm -hmm. things. They're not like accidental messages, right? This isn't like numerology or some shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I know. Yeah. It's uh, go back and forth. Cause I totally agree with you. The SS, it like seems so minor, but when you add it all together that there, you could, I could send you a postcard from this movie and fairly describe it as a master wizard using his whip 
and his initials are SS. That's too many. You should have caught some of those. <laughs> yeah, right. That's already too many. I'm not even right. finished. That's all. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, and I, I think that, that, that adds to it. Yes, but like those are just little I think what stuff, Adam's saying things is important. to nerd out about it's, or whatever. What's important, yeah, like just to prioritize, like, and go back and when we hear the theory, uh, you know, heard the theory, like, some of it is laughable because it's outrageous how far they didn't they they didn't they let care the ball to kinda drop. cover their yeah. ass on that there's adam's right there is a very unlaughable thing yes. going on though which is you know like the darkness of uh how mainstream works in this country in the world uh how america works the and it needs to be checked it needs to be checked right. and like I, it's he- you alarming. start to see, like, it's funny and sad in a way, but like it's really the blockbuster movies uh, that are the the cultural signifiers in some ways, because like they're the ones where people are not trying to think through these issues, so they're just trying to find what's a way to make money. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Or like that's it's where them, they have the most potential for that problem. It's a, it's the stories right. that are most based on predicting. It's Family Feud, predicting what you think right. the masses think, and sometimes that can be a very big insight into what the masses think. In the case of a very perceptive filmmaker, sometimes it's just a window into what the filmmaker thinks people think. You know what I mean? If they if they happen and, to have weird underlying perspectives that are shifted or what have you and additionally in an even more like michael bay know, with the damning way age of consent people thing. who watch family feud mm-hmm. more start to pick up a regurgitation of what they are to themselves and then let's say they go on family feud and act accordingly and normalization normalization has you know oh, I like see what you're saying is in life head. there are these spirals like all of the system is a normalization yes. machine yeah it's a normal it's an engine it's an engine that perpetuates it's a snow piercer. let's not beat around the bush here <laughs> it's a snow piercer that uses orphan children in order to make that's everyone right. that's right uh, happy yeah. happy I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's important if you're going to do a reading on like sort of a, a social issue, which is part of directing. You know, uh, it's important I think as a filmmaker to ask yourself, uh, what are the vo- what are the pieces of filmmaking that could have fixed this problem? You know, uh, casting is the biggest mm-hmm. one, but also just there was no producer doing a read. Uh, it makes me like, like I kind of, sometimes I think about fight club as like a, as a conversation about sexism. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. for the same reason, it's sort of like, like it's so evident in fight club that nobody had a real voice in it. That's that so was fu- Yeah. It's a so, woman. it's so obviously about masculinity that no one thought to view it through the lens of masculinity or question it. Because they were right. just busy being boys and masculining right. out, <laughs> and, and I think there, I think in some ways uh, that movie is a lot more excusable because it's a, it, because it is a at least a satire or sort of a dark com- commentary on the issue itself on capitalism at least, yeah, right. Well, and also on masculinity. They talk a lot yeah. of explicitly yeah, about masculinity. Capitalism's yeah. fueled by making me think I'll be a man if I do these things. Yeah. Right, I, our fathers are a model for God. Yeah, you know, like uh, he he left us. What does that tell you about God? Uh, <laughs> which ama- that monologue is amazing, by the way. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that the point is like, 
that's a movie where they chose to exclude a point of view. And, you know, I think they suffer in the hindsight machine because they, who knows what it would have been like if they'd had, you know, I don't know, a female producer, a couple female producers on there. They yep. were just like, hey, you know, maybe Marla can be a little bit more of a thing than what she is here. Uh, hey, maybe, you know, we shouldn't totally worship Brad Pitt for who he is, uh, right. you know. Hey, maybe make a different movie. Or similarly, <laughs> similarly, like, if Doctor Strange had said no, I think Chiwetel Ejiofor should lead the church i'll serve the church because i've just begun here and i'm even though i'm the most powerful by my innate talents or whatever i have a lot to learn that's not hard and it's not even that much humility he still gets all the magic powers and he gets to fight evil it's or if he had approached dormammu not knowing he'd won his first line to dormammu is said with the certainty that he already has won and that means that every time he dies it doesn't matter he knows he won he is just waiting for the sweet day that he finally his winning becomes manifest so just bringing the humility home in any way would have saved it i think in a big way uh, it wouldn't have addressed the casting issue, but it would have helped a big structural problem. Even if they just said, "Hey, this takes place over twenty years," and he doesn't you know, know if mean? he'll ever he, or even if going into it, he was someone was like, "Are you sure that'll work?" And he's like, "No, I'm not sure. I'm just trying it." That right. would change yeah. it for me. Even yeah. that is shows a little awareness. Like yeah. he's he's a little bit of a Moses figure, right? Except for uh, he... If Moses knew he was... Well, Moses is pretty cocky. Yeah. Yeah, Moses started out as Prince of Egypt. uh, I know. And then he's like, I have God in me, dude. Do not fuck with me. I'm Moses. Well, well, also, but what's interesting, he murders a person. Right. uh, Because he decides he's the arbiter of justice, which he's not. And then he's chased out of the country. And then the only reason that he becomes this sort of figure of humility is because he spends 40 years being a shepherd nobody. Like, that's right. an important part of that story, and we don't have the 40 years in the wilderness well, piece, which is equi- essential The equivalent to here is that they send Doctor Strange to freeze on a Nepalese mountaintop for three and a half minutes. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, that just suggests, like, hey, like, we're going to do the form of humility, the form yes. of structure without the substance of it. Um, and that's really the problem here, you know? And that's the magic trick, is being flashy and doing the form of being a good guy while secretly disenfranchising people. And uh, I lay that the, that problem in America entirely at the feet of Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. How, How dare, dare you? you? His house alone offended me. It was like well, made so of fucking crystal slabs. he's so American as a person that I just think it, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 We all walk around. As Benedict around. goes, so goes America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I see it on the streets, the look and all the, the mm-hmm. up-and-coming Benedict Cumberbatches of the oh, next dude. generation. In Seattle, in, in Portland, everywhere in the Cumberbatches in, in their eyes. Baltimore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but uh, that all aside, it, I, this theory, I'm surprised that I've known you this long and, like, you didn't, didn't drop tell me about you? this yeah. theory. Because, yeah, this, uh, honestly saving this it is for a cracked article, but it doesn't look like that's going to pan out. I gave up. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, what's crazy to me is I didn't see it myself. I just, because I, I rewatched it mm-hmm. for this 
podcast and I, when I watched it I was just like yeah he's gonna shit on the fact that this is this sucks this this movie sucks because uh, when I watched it I was like yeah it's 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 trite it's, it's trite it's, it's absolutely it's executed pulp. well in the Marvel way where I still think the lines that they wanted to be funny are funny like it's 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 what Adam said it's not that they don't know what they're doing it's that they abdicated everything except the one thing they know they're doing and they didn't right. realize you you're you're supposed to build the whole thing you you can't you can't I didn't there's expect. no substitute for actual emotional work or there's actual no resonance yeah. that is true right. yeah <laughs> but like I didn't expect that it would turn into a thing where it's like the fact that it is tripe mm-hmm. uh, is indicative of a harrowing system that persists. The triteness is how they get uh, us to swallow the pill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It goes down good. I, I guess, but also like uh, it it tells you that ultimately white supremacy is not about being uh, persuasive. It's about ma- it's about being unconscious. It's you know about I mean? not because we're mm-hmm. already in the boat of imbalance. It's about not taking action to right, right. the ship because we're Correct. already in a crooked ship. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing is yeah. right. And so that's the thing is when you go to a movie to have your intellect or your emotions challenged, right? Which is I hope what a movie would do. Any mm-hmm. movie, I would hope it would do that. The best ones are the ones that are persuasive for from a place you don't have. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like a, like a place yeah. you're not from. Like I, like, I know a lot of people think that I want to go to a movie because I want to be comforted, right? I want to have movies uh, tell me what I already think. And I, I strongly feel that, no, 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 movies, the best movies are the ones that uh, they know how to connect to the way you think enough that when they give you a different point of view, you find it compelling. And that's the exciting thing about it. Yeah, You know, that's absolutely. what's so exciting mm-hmm. about it. Uh Movies that ask questions, not a, not give or answers. Or that make you That's feel different than how you felt about an issue before you came in the theater. Add one facet to your understanding yeah. of it. Yeah. Anything, yeah. Right. They. I mean, again, mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. We're not leaping into another dimension per se. Every time we watch a movie. I, I, like that's not the kind of change I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you walk out of a movie like Moonlight, and you're like, wow. Uh, like I just never thought through these five different scenarios that it would be like for a young gay black man, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or what? Are, and and you just mm-hmm. you're just watching the movie. You're just experiencing the emotions. It's recognizably human, and it, but it's rendered in such an intimate way that when you reflect on it five minutes after you walk out of the movie, you're like, wow. Uh, I you know I just think a little differently about those issues than I did. Or have a different emotional sensibility. Adam, are you saying that this, that Doctor Strange is an, un, because we're having this conversation, Doctor Strange is unintentionally a great film? No, 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 Abe. No. <laughs> Abe, no. Abe, I, I, I appreciate the point that you, entirely. But because it's, I appreciate it, you tried to trap me great. in this, uh, this supremacy trap uh, that you yeah, just nice, laid out, Abe. Nice bus you tried to throw me under, but no. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not well, saying that. You're I'm it. No just like, just like Doctor Strange is implying white people should stay in charge. I know what you're doing, Abe. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just wondering thoughts. I'm just out thinking loud. my thoughts. I, I'm just I'm just tinkering with little discs of time. That's all I'm doing. That's right. Hey man, you do you. You do you, man. <laughs> I'm just polishing my cape and signet ring. No, no. Uh what you're saying, uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, throw that all away. Um the, what a what a theory, man! Yeah, I like the idea of occasionally the show is an alternate reading that under that tells the underlying beliefs yes, and feelings of a filmmaker. I think that's interesting. 
Yeah, not always, yeah. but some movies. <laughs> God, now I just want to watch Into the Spider-Verse. Me, so me too, I apparently. Yeah, it's I, I really, need to watch that. really good. I've heard that before. I, I just never, it just never was the right night at the right time. It's cetera, not, as much mm-hmm. as I love Spider-Man, the character, and have since I was a little kid, the Marvel movies really don't excite me. I don't get excited to go to them or see them. I see them out of obligation and I watch them with a glaze over my face and then I detachedly judge whether I thought it was a competent one or not. Because to me, even the best ones just fall in the range of very competent, but like not yeah. moving or anything. <laughs> um, so no, I to think that's go my to Spider-Verse and actually be moved by a Spider-Man story was a unique experience. I highly recommend it. Mm. Yeah, that makes me think, like, which superhero movies are the ones that emotionally are moving? Darkman uh, got me, but I was very young. Which which one? Darkman, the Sam Raimi one. Darkman? Where the oh, guy Dark gets Man. his face burned in acid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, even those Batman, even the Batmans are not necessarily moving the way the you know they would be. Well, I like I like them. Uh, I like him quite the first a bit. Two, he's the a first two kind of guy. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's the thing about Nolan is that he's uh, he's more conceptual than he is emotional. Yeah, it's usually mm-hmm. yeah. It's like uh, well, in the Prestige, it's him literally saying like, "I have suffered for ten years," and you're like, "Show me that." Don't just whatever. Well, he's, he phones he's in the uh, emotional mm. components. <laughs> so he's like he's like Kubrick without the menace. You know what I mean? like, yeah, like Kubrick exactly has a menacing right. quality that yep. makes him really interesting. <laughs> like, no one's like, I'm going to take that menace away and I'm just going to instead replace it with high concept. And like, that's it. And the rest of it's Kubrick. How has the ability to shame you with every shot? Like when I watch a Kubrick film, I feel like the movie's telling me, don't try to understand the movie. You're not smart enough. Don't worry about it. It is very, uh, his movies are condescending. Uh, yes, he has I, the, a condescending yeah. eye. <laughs> no, he, he does. Yes. Uh, that's accurate, I would argue. But like, see, I think Kubrick is an interesting artist because, oh, he, because he is doing high artwork and he is pushing our, um, like our envelope, but he's one of the only people we've allowed to do movies that are like, uh, I just make you uncomfortable. Like I'm like a prophet. Like that's my job mm-hmm. as a filmmaker is like to be a prophet. I poke at a thing you don't like, and I push you in a place you don't want to be pushed. And like that's my artistic experience. Uh, yeah. Very few people get to do that. He's one of the only ones. Lynch and Von of. Trier and him, I think. But yeah. even Lynch, it's like fun. Lynch you is know, fun. Like, Von Trier is legitimately hates the audience. Yeah, I he's think a he's maniac. one of the few. Yeah. yeah, he's a legit maniac. It's true. Lynch is truly a weirdo but he's not that men i don't actually find his stuff menacing even when it's very no. dark he's no he's a playful weirdo <laughs> it's it's like it's like freudian it's like he's it's like a dark weirdo. in a it's like legit a, weird <laughs> yeah he just is weird, weird man uh, have you listened to his records have yeah you listened of course to his albums? clown time Oh, crazy clown crazy time! Crazy clown time! Pop that on at the end of this we podcast. We used to blast audience. that under the cigarette tree at crack. Yeah, yeah, we did. I used to put that shit on Abe. Crazy Remember clown that? time! Crazy uh, clown yeah. time, Abe! I don't, wow. I don't fucking we have time it. for David. Hey, That's your weather for today, <laughs> Bobby. Oh, yeah. You fucking old timey <laughs> baseball announcer. Get the he fuck out of here! He is an old timey <laughs> baseball announcer. That's exactly what he is. Uh, quinoa, and he walks up. He's on to the, base. To the and he swings. Uh, uh, 
uh, he misses. <laughs> like and he's just he like a weird miss, uh, at the same he, time. Uh, uh, and it's a shot to left field. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but like, yeah, Kubrick. What you're saying about Kubrick is true. It's true, Brick. Uh, I. Yeah, he's cruel. He's got a cruel. I think point a lot of, of that comes from like I think there's a lot more artists than you guys are giving credit to that type of thought or like the idea of like I guess what you called prophetic uh, artists or artists that are allowed to be I in mean, that I, regard because that's all of cinema verte. Like that's all verte. of Herzog, uh, that's Vinderberg, Doggo ninety five. Yeah, but you know. see, but see, like. Uh, Lars von Trier is a I, great I'm going to define the word profit as I'm using it here. I don't uh, just so that people don't sure. like argue like word dissect. I hate that. It bothers me. So like what I mean by Nothing? that is like it's like the traditional role of the prophet, right? The role of the prophet in mythological mm-hmm. terms is to come and point out the mistake the society is making and tell them you must fix it. Like that's the role of the prophet, right? And so and Kubrick sort of right. as an artist does that. Right? I see. He, he like uh so would you so say like, michael moore casts himself in that role michael moore wants to be way? that he wants to be that as a documentary he's a social activist but he's not i would i would say he's not doing it like in an artistic way the way that kubrick is he does it without mystery or flair he's kind of a blunt instrument but yeah <laughs> i mean a lot of documentarians are are, are doing that yeah, yeah yeah and and are doing the prophet thing like the role of it but like it, we don't usually allow it from like fiction filmmakers. I see. Uh, not enough, at least. Like mm. I would say, but Get Mad Out Men. got through, mm. and that was a huge deal. Yes. That it got through. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Mad Men is kind of like yeah. that. The Sopranos is kind of yeah. one of those shit like that. Um, the Wire. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Icon- The Wire for sure. Iconoclasm films will always like that's their point, right? They're attacking. Uh, an institution or a belief or religion, whatever, uh, that is culturally shared and the dismantling and deconstruction of which in in front of your eyes is a lot of what motivates art, right? I mean, that's what you want art to be. Uh, I would argue that film has a hard time achieving that because it's about mm-hmm. I mean, generating you, revenue, yeah. uh, but there. But again, there are exceptions. Right, you're either propaganda. You're propaganda either way. Well, right? it, but there's some exceptions. Like I would say, like the movie Network, for instance, is a great example of mm-hmm. managing to overachieve enough to be a prophetic work. I mean, and that's a really prophetic work, by the way. Have you seen oh my that God. movie? Oh yeah, my he literally, God. Well, no, he it's... yells at you what to do. He's like, do this, get upset, open your window, go mm-hmm. to the window. It's as profity as you could it's get. It's so good. And then also <laughs> when the God figure appears, it's just awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. Um, uh, I don't think this movie succeeded for me, but Joker is trying to do that. <laughs> I think Joker's trying to prescribe, like, it's not trying to yeah. solve things, it's trying to dis- to describe what is happening. It's trying to describe a, w- uh, something that it thinks is a very clear, cohesive problem. Yes. I just think it gets a lot of the details of that problem wrong and it exaggerates them in weird ways. I think Joker is <laughs> the Correct. ultimate, uh, we expected so little from this movie and it way overachieved. Right. Well, well, because um, people who struggle with mental trauma actually getting healed is a huge issue. I just don't right. think Joker is the smart movie about it, for my money. No, yeah. it's just a, it's like fairly mediocre. But like, I guess, I guess what I was trying to is that that's a great example because I was trying to suss out the difference between 
an iconoclast and a portrayer of a society like one of your your one of your boys Boonwell. oh my boy Adam, is oh my god i boys, love him he's in the crazy uh, clown to do that yeah where he just present like here is a dinner right. oh that's one of my favorite movies and then it becomes for you the audience member or haneke is another great yeah. example here's just a thing that's happening and then what what your job is to is play this kind of like remember those highlights books where you're supposed to look at one image and one image and then the other and it's like try to diagnose which is the wrong thing what are those calls well, or I don't not think the they wrong thing but like name. oh that shoe you isn't just compare in pictures that and look for differences that yeah sh- yeah it's like sometimes films do that and they say like do you see what the problem is uh, with this family, you know, like Vinterbird's, uh the celebration. If you oh, guys have seen I, that, I, I watched I, it last love that night. Movie. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, great. It's fantastic. Yeah, That's correct. The one. Yeah, I watched the last Festin. night. <laughs> yeah. That's trying to show you. It's presenting you with a you know, like. Here's a situation. Do you see how it's gonna Can go you bad? Spot right? What's wrong with this? There's family a difference that seems between. Fine? Yeah. <laughs> Right. That's that's a, so portrayal of just average life, and then it all goes poorly. Uh, is something that's more like Coen Brothers do that as well. There's a lot of filmmakers who do that. Uh, Kubrick, I think, is doing a lot more of the. Here is what is wrong. Let me prove it. Yeah, to I you. think that's right. Which, I think you're right about that. Like when you watch okay. 2001: A Space Odyssey, it starts with the premise essentially of like I'm going to teach you like deep innate what you are. Uh, like the, basically yeah. 2001 a space odyssey is ultimately like a this is what you are that's the movie uh and mm. it spends the entire time showing that uh and that's unusual that's part of what makes it so good is that like it there aren't a lot of movies that are like that uh i think like i think sometimes mm. your ghost tries to do that uh who, the lobster guy and uh Dog tooth. Yeah, I love lobster. That's my theory about Doctor Strange. Yeah, sorry, sorry. You guys are like Uh, burning through a season's worth of theses that you could build into whole episodes. You realize? No, no, we can't. No, no, we're not. We're not because uh, because we don't deal with high art movies on this podcast. We deal with like. Oh, so you we wouldn't cover with... Yorgos. I'm like, don't no, spill your fucking Yorgos theory, dude. No. That's a whole different podcast for Elvis Mitchell and the, uh, the I think the favorite <laughs> is the favorite not mainstream enough to cover on this show. The favorite was up for Academy that's, Awards. I think uh, that's one of the big delineators. Uh, is it up yeah. for oh, Academy Awards? Well, it was Doctor Strange then, because I didn't know that rule. I just happened to pick a movie that worked. We would have told you yeah. if, if, if you'd have said that. Like, we'd be like, well, I can't we would have shamed you. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> get off the genius couch. No, get right off the genius couch. No, you're, you're revealing something, Swaim, that I also don't know what this show is anymore. What are you talking I'm, about? Like, not it's in a very bad clear way. to me. I, what the not show in a bad is. way. Not in a bad way. Hey. I'm just saying, like, oh. I don't know, because like, it, like every time I'm like, every time I'm like, well, it's an Academy Award, so you know, like, I've used that yeah. a few times to veto yeah. or self-veto ideas for uh, topics on this podcast. But then I'll also be like, 
in the same moment be like, yeah, but right. fuck the Academy though. Right. <laughs> like, right, what right. Do they think? But, but that also, it's about but it's just, I think it's mainstreamish yeah. enough. It's got to be mainstreamy. It's got to be perceived you know. as not a high art movie. Right. I think is part okay. of it. The point where Abe and I got into a two-hour discussion, and it was over the movie Hook. I want the audience to hear this because this is this is my favorite thing that's happened on this podcast. The hook became like the litmus test that we argued about for a good two hours of like, wait a minute, is Hook, Hook was made by Spielberg, uh, and it was up for a couple Academy Awards, is this considered a higher art movie, like would we not cover it? And I was like, dude, it's not that good, it's not as good of a movie as you think it is, and he was like, people think that though, and we had this whole fucking thing about it, and we settled on Hook was the <laughs> yeah, line, so if you cross the Hook threshold... Then you can you can't be mm-hmm. in this on this podcast. People, well, I yeah. don't want to bring it up. It's the hook I don't want to stir it up. Yeah, but uh, yeah. people do think that yeah. though would be my take. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew you guys would agree. Like, whatever you guys Woo! agree, it's like, oh yeah, of the, course the one do. opinion got reinforced. Oh, the I, twins I got agree. It. All right, right. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, hope you guys solved the murder. I'm so We're sad. We're the goddamn Hardy Boys. It's, it must be so and hard. It's funny because Adam, I would say you and I love each other just as much, and and we delight oh, yeah. in how we disagree on every single thing. <laughs> I, 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 we format all the shows that I'm on basically uh, to enhance, a han- enhance the fact that I'm going to disagree with people. Yep. <laughs> that's like, you're there that's one like person, my magic power. Uh, you're our friend who's willing to be confrontational. We need you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's um, true. Dave. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely portray or it that Dave. way as if yeah. we're all cowards. That's the, definitely do that. <laughs> I would say I very clearly know what this show is and the last half hour has not been... An episode of this show. No, but I, I, at this point, no. I got to tell you guys, we're only an hour and a half in. This is like one third of a podcast with Dave. So, like to me, I'm just getting ramped up. Right. <laughs> like we could go on for hours. Yeah, I we just did a charity stream for six even... hours, directly preceding this. So I have to go. <laughs> oh, oh well, I apologize. Well, he just comes in with it's his true. big theories and then leaves. And then skates out. <laughs> Talk of here. about iconoclast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you guys hear my puppy screaming? Uh, Dude, that dog is oh, amazing. No. That dog is amazing. That dog is so cute. Oh my god, yeah, it's fucking you gotta you. Him. I want to. Yeah, he's I, he's beautiful dog. I, I want to kill, kill it. it. It's so fucking. He screams cute. so loud though. It's so cute. I do want to. I do want to kiss him right I in the forehead. Know, yep. You want to kiss his little forehead? I'll kiss I you know. back. This, he loves it. Oh. He's a good little boy. It's Rolly too Bush. much. It's too much. <laughs> it, it, I gotta tell you, oh, Abe. I, I always yeah. felt like you should have a dog, Abe. I feel like you're missing so a dog too, in your life. Yeah. Whereas like Adam, a French bulldog. you could get or not get a dog. It does. I don't give a no. shit. Yeah, yeah. I kind of. I can be a full thing myself. Right. I don't need Abe a dog to complete it. Abe is missing pieces that he needs a yeah, dog. Yeah, Abe, Abe is broken. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I'm as an individual. I need. I'm you're dogless. Incomplete. Yeah, yeah you're you dogless. If you feel that hole, it's well, you know how you always carry yeah. that leash around and you just let it drag sadly <laughs> behind you. It just seems weird, it's dude. True. You know how you have like it's pounds of weird. rotting food in your apartment <laughs> that are. You know how not you're, eaten? you're always slopping a can of food on the floor in the corner and then you just leave it there. It's not piles up. It's not weird. It's a thing. I grew up with it. That's it's how it works. It's how I eat. But seriously, uh, a French bulldog right. named Edward would mm-hmm. would finish your whole finish your whole deal. Sure, I agree. Except finish his name should be Sam Porter Bridges. That's also that's also an excellent <laughs> dog name. I, For I like specifically that. a French bulldog, I think it's a good yeah. <laughs> you yeah. put a little backpack on it with way too much shit on it. 
Fr- French bulldogs. Or Fr- French bulldogs need the most long names you can imagine. Like however many you can put on there. Yeah. That's how many it needs. Little Lord Fauntleroy. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Yes, Lord Bullingtonsworth the third. That's the bulldog I just, bit for I just, sure. I just made my D and D character, uh, and I decided that. Uh, my one of my backstory is I worked for a man named Sir Horsepower. Sir Horsepower. <laughs> nice. I, just, I, just, I want to name a dog oh, Sir, Sir Horsepower, Horsepower now. Nice. Uh, Sir Horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. But that's well, we did it. That's all <laughs> we I got. Did it. Hey. Yeah, we did it. What, what a, a theory. What a theory. Uh, Thank you for stopping uh, by. You guys man. just want to talk about life. What do you? Want? What do you want to do? Well, he's got to go. He's got to go, apparently. So I'm I'm reading the room a little bit. You really can't hear that? Let me hold the mic up to the room. No, no, I can hear it. I just wanted to do this bit. No, I got to bring the puppy out. Terrible. I can't hear it. Yeah, I can't hear it. Maybe we'll hear it on your end with your audio. It's the last five minutes. It won't be a big deal. What the fuck are we talking about? All right. Go go to Twitter and look at yeah. Swain's yeah, dog. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's it. Uh, that's, if you lost track show. of what we were talking about. Oh, Adam's going to save us. If you enjoyed this dog, you can find it on Twitter.com slash Michael Swain Corp, uh, where pictures of it will be available. That's not no, even the right this, URL. If you en- yeah, yeah, I forgot. I don't know. I fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, if you liked the show and and or would like to ever see that dog again, feel free to check out our Patreon.com uh, forward slash small beans where you can contribute to uh, the Small Beans Network. We would love to take a couple of bucks if you got them to spare. Or if you liked it enough that uh, you'd like to suggest it to some of your friends, feel free to rate it on iTunes. That does help us out. Uh, Abe, anything else we should plug while we're here? Uh, we sometimes stream video games and chats at twitch.tv slash one-upsmanship. These guys, not me, but these guys do their podcast and sometimes stream there uh, from time to On time. Occasion, and, yeah. you know, we'll talk video games or just yeah. have a good time and have some laughs usually. So there's that mm. as well. I just streamed mm. Psychonauts VR. I can't fun. think of anything else. Second yeah, 2 is coming out any That's, minute now, oh, right? No, I can't wait. Deep. Yeah, a couple weeks, but yeah, soon. Ooh, very exciting. I am gonna, I am gonna finish. Heck yeah, I, I'm making this commitment now to the audience at minute one, at hour one thirty-three. I will finish Psychonauts, and I will finish at some point uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, so that we can get oh, both great. of those. Oh, yeah, great! Yeah. that'll be great. I will get that done. Which yes. of our shows is this again? I forget. This is this is Director Piece oh, yeah. Theater. That's right. This is Director Piece Theater. We've come full circle. Where we rate directors. Where we rate the pit. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? We, we gotta, gotta get out of here. What a podcast. (laughs) This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monsters beans if you enjoyed this content module please like rate subscribe or tell a friend about us we love you <laughs>